0: Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel, and I have with me, as always, Josh Brown. Josh, how you doing?
1: Good, Dan. Doing well. It's warming up a little bit. We had a good weekend of college basketball. TBT's right around the corner, so doing well.
0: Are you a multiple bracket filler router, or do you only do one?
1: Uh, I I usually I mean I I like I do one that I submit in my different groups and everything. But I always roll with the the one same bracket. Some people I see they have like a different champion in every bracket. I'm kind of I go with my teams and I roll with them, kind of live or die with them. So multiple uh, leagues, but just one uniform bracket.
0: I'm the worst at brackets. So this year I noticed that ESPN on their bracket app has a some sort of artificial intelligence that just picks them for you. Really? And yeah, it's, it was awesome. <laughs> so wow. I didn't even half the time it was coming up with Gonzaga. It seemed like to win the wow. whole thing. So that'll be uh, um. Are they still in it? Yeah, they're still in it, huh? Am I looking at the wrong? That's kind of
1: they—they are in it. That's kind of good for like the casual, like office pool. If you're not a sports fan, just have ESPN. You're not—you're probably not going to do awful with their pick. So, well, it's
0: it's all—I mean, as we know from TBT, Josh, it's when you get into a one-game scenario, literally anything can happen. Yeah, and so it makes just as much sense to let a computer do the picking for you as uh, as it does to pick them yourselves. But this is interesting. We've had a good, uh, a really good tournament, I think, so far, NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, I I was surprised people said it was boring uh, early on because all the favorites were winning as opposed to a lot of like, uh, you know, 13 seed 12 13 seeds but i thought it was just good quality games i'm not really the type where like i need big upsets to enjoy the tournament right Uh, i i just like good games like watching good teams play each other uh with the occasional upset here or there so i've been very happy with it and you know uh, a couple tbt teams with alumni teams have done pretty well as well so uh, everything's really coming up well right now
0: absolutely there's a couple in there too that um are kind of percolating beneath the surface that are still in there i'm not gonna say which schools but there's a few that are still alive in the tournament that I'm hearing some uh, some interesting stuff about as well. I thought that Kentucky Wichita State game was really good.
1: It, it was really good. I mean, uh, I'm a big Kentucky guy. That's kind of the bandwagon. Everyone, I feel like, in the Northeast, because we don't really have a, like good college basketball besides Rhode Island now, um, they, we all kind of bandwagon. So I've been a Kentucky fan, and I was biting my nails down the stretch of that game. So that was really good. Credit to Wichita State for playing a really tough game. Did you hear, Dan, that the Wichita State's wife got like, ejected from the game?
0: Yeah, you know, there's a controversy going on. I know Drew Franklin is an on-air personality there in uh uh lexington i think and anyways he had some video that the ncaa made him delete from his phone of her going totally bananas <laughs> on the sideline uh whatever stuff like that is fun i mean i don't understand why everybody gets so uptight about it it's like no. constantly protecting your image and blah 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 it's like so stupid she's having a good time you know Makes i mean what fun, the heck exactly did she actually get kicked out of the game
1: no so what happened was apparently the 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 spouse of the coach gets like escorted to the like post game uh media availability um so what happened was usually the t- it was really kind of dumb. Usually the team takes the wife down to the coach's uh, press conference after the game. Instead, they made like, like a, a cop take her down to the game. Oh. Uh, I, I guess maybe to protect her, you know, those Kentucky fans are really into the, uh, the hoop. So she was yelling some things at them. I don't know, maybe to protect her. It really wasn't a big deal, but some people in the media were kind of making it out to be this huge thing. But I thought, like you mentioned, it would, it's what makes it fun. You know, Motion was high. Uh, she was, you know, rooting for her husband's team. So I'm all about it.
0: I think at some point, you know, people are going to realize that it's that stuff why sports became popular to begin with. You right.
1: know what I mean? Like going all the way back to the
0: ancient Romans and stuff. I mean, people were going bananas in the stands the whole time. It's like, that's the whole point. If you're not going to go crazy at a game, if you're just going to sit there and try to catch t-shirts, or, you know, listen to really loud music, or enjoy the laser show, or whatever's going on, don't even bother going, you know, that's just, I don't know, that's just not for me, I'm not, I'm not into that.
1: Well, that's what makes, like, TVT so fun, too, there's a big story in Massachusetts, we had, like, our high school championships over the weekend, and um, they, that one, fan base like booed the other team when they came on and they like stopped the game they did like a big pa announcement and told them <laughs> are not you kidding? to boo no, are you I, kidding I, me serious it was a big kind of under the radar story here um during the high school championships and just like come on i mean these are kids who are you know they're playing varsity basketball and they made them stop because they boot it just (sighs) it makes tbt great we you know that emotion kind of it's not uh watered down it's real emotion we get to see the fan bases kind of go at it um and the players kind of play with that emotion so um another notch for tbt dan with all the stuff we're seeing going on yeah for
0: real i'm hopefully we're people get the kind of reference to the throwback element of this of what we're doing both in the name of the event and how it's being structured but we'll see i know you got an interview this week josh who do you have
1: well, Dan, we were going to play a little bit of trivia here. We talked about it off air. You do not know who I'm doing. Um, And like I, I tweeted out, we're going to do March Madness. So we're going to have a guest this week and then the next two weeks from a team remaining in the tournament. So a guy who played for the team or if it's an alumni team, uh, that makes it even easier. But uh, so, Dan, we're going to see if you can get it. We have a guy who plays for an alumni team. That alumni team did not make the NCAA tournament, but his actual alma mater is in the Sweet 16.
0: All right, let me ask a couple questions. Yeah. Was it controversial that the alumni didn't I'm sorry, was it controversial that the school for which he plays the alumni team with if that of all those uh um prepositions there are in order?
1: I, I think it, you know it who it is. Was it controversial based on that, that, that they question. didn't get in? Yeah, I think you know who it is it's, based I, on that question. And it's, and but it's,
0: but, it's gotta be Bayheims army's Willie Dean.
1: Willie Dean will be on the podcast this weekend. (laughs) Great.
0: You got it. (laughs) I love Willie Dean. I love
1: Willie Dean. That's great. Where is he right now? Willie Dean. You know what? I I was going to do my research right after this. I want to say he's in. He's going to
0: be in Poland, I think.
1: Let me pull it up real quick. I I have it down in my notes somewhere. He is in uh, Bulgaria. Oh, that's great. That's great. All right really excited to him, get him on he actually he played for BC for a year 98 that's to right. 99 and then that's right. he went to Purdue uh from 2000 to 2003 and he's played really well he's kind of been adopted that by that Beihan's army team so it'll be really interesting to get him he's on He's an tonight. upstate
0: New York guy and I think that's yeah. how he ended up getting on that team well that's awesome all right let's get to that interview with Willie Dean looking forward to hearing from the about uh, from him all the way from Bulgaria
1: Welcoming in now, Willie Dean, point guard of Bayheim's Army. Willie, uh, we really appreciate you coming on on such short notice all the way in Latvia. So uh, we're talking over international waters here. But Willie, how you doing?
2: I'm doing well.
1: Willie, and the reason why we wanted to especially have you on this week and something that Dan and I talked in the outro is you're actually uh, an alum of a team in the Sweet 16 Purdue with two big wins. They had a big uh, win against Iowa State the other day, um, and they're on to the Sweet 16 this coming weekend, and Willie, uh, again, kind of in, an interesting story, if you don't know, we talked about it a little bit on the pre-show, but Willie playing for the Bayheim's Army of the Syracuse alumni team, but he didn't actually play at Syracuse, played a year at BC in a year, or three years at Purdue, but you know, before we get into TBT, uh, I'm sure you've been following along a little bit, what's it been like to see Purdue make a little bit of a run?
2: It's it's real exciting. Um you know, I'm a pr- I'm proud of uh the things that Purdue has been able to accomplish this year, especially uh, clinching the, the the Big 10 title. Um I I followed them throughout this whole year. A couple good friends of mine are are on the coaching staff and uh Coach Painter is is doing a great job and and has been for for a while now.
1: And kind of, what I think some people look at Purdue as that team who, you know, they're in the NCAA tournament. They're, you know, a 5 to 10 seed every year. And maybe they win a couple games. Maybe they don't. I think a lot of people might not really know about Purdue. So just kind of talk about your time at Purdue. You were there from 2000 to 2003. What's it like playing there? What's kind of the uh, basketball atmosphere there for those that uh, aren't really familiar with it?
2: Well, it's a it's great at basketball atmosphere. Um, a lot of the fans, they, they, they come out to support um, through the good times and the bad. So that's one thing I, I really um, liked about the, the fans at Purdue because uh, even when Purdue was at, at, in it during a, a downtime, uh, the fans still came out and supported. So basketball is deep-rooted in Indiana, and um, they're very, very proud Uh, basketball fans and they support
1: you played in actually probably the two um kind of uh founding fathers of basketball in both indiana and you played one year at bc uh 1998 to 1999 what was that like playing uh again in acc country and then making the jump over one what was it kind of like your one year at bc and how you know why did you decide that to make that move over to purdue
2: well it's funny you know all the all the conferences have have made a lot of changes now um I, Boston College is in the ACC now but when I was there they were in the Big East so um it you know so now now some of the teams that you know I've played against aren't in their their conferences anymore but um it was it was really two different styles of basketball uh, I would have to say that the Big East was, was more of up-tempo, and uh, the Big Ten was was a lot more physical. Um, one, one thing uh, uh, about the Big East was um, while I was there, I had a chance to, to play against the, the champions of the NCAA, and that was when they had UConn with um, Rip Hamilton and Khalid El-Amin. And then once I left the, the Big East, I went to the Big Ten and had a chance to play against the, the other uh, champions of the NCAA, which was Michigan State. Wow. Wow.
1: So. Yeah, you've certainly kind of seen it all both in college and in your, uh, professional career. Uh, you know, I guess before we get into TBT, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, uh, you've had a very good career. You've traveled the world. Uh, like we mentioned, you're currently in Latvia, but I, I want to get to, the, uh, kind of the Bulgaria where I think a lot of people know you from and kind of just looking at your wikipedia page it looks like you actually have uh some you know bulgarian roots in in your family so what was it like kind of going to bulgaria winning three championships there knowing that uh you know you won from 28 to 2010 it looks like three championships in a row what was it like going back to somewhere where you might have uh, a little bit of you know family origins and winning a couple of titles there
2: well bulgaria will always have a special place in my heart and um you know hopefully i can make it back to that country be, before I retire um because you know they they've always treated me very special and and um we we've been able to to accomplish it a lot there
1: definitely and b- besides bulgaria is there anywhere that you've uh, really enjoyed uh playing i know you went to ukraine you're in latvia right now is there anywhere else you really uh enjoyed you know stopping down and playing uh professional ball
2: man um the I would, I would have to say, um, I spent a, I spent a majority of my time on, on, in Eastern Europe, and, um, I enjoyed it. Uh, the weather was, you know, very similar to New York. Uh, I, I guess it was, you could say that Russia was a little bit more cold than New York, but other than that, it was pretty similar. So, uh, Russia felt the closest like home to me.
1: Yeah, a lot of people who don't have the luxury or the, the, you know, skill to play, uh, basketball. They might be surprised to hear Russia's like, uh, New York, but, uh, you know, we'll take it from someone who's been there. You learn something new every day, but that's actually kind of a good transition. So you're from, I'm going to mess up the name of it. Uh, I'm Shanktity, Shanktity, New York. Uh, Schenectady. Sch- Schenectady. Um, I knew I would get that one wrong, but I. Uh, so you're you're from upstate New York. I uh, again, you played your college ball at BC and Purdue. People are, I think, wondering. Uh, you know, how does Willie Dean go from going that? to playing for the Syracuse alumni team, Bayheim's Army. Kind of t- talk about how you got, um, you know, linked up with those guys at Bayheim's Army. You've played for them two years in a row right now. And what it's been like playing for uh, Syracuse, a team who obviously had uh, one of the biggest fan bases of the last two summers in TBT.
2: Well, um, you know, when I, when I was at Schenectady High School, um, my, my senior year in uh, 1998, uh, we were able to win the um, state championship so uh, that kind of kind of put our school and uh, got me a little notoriety with with uh, college uh, coaches and um you know i I've, I've met coach Bayheim a couple times so Syracuse was was aware of aware of me and also I played against them uh, when I was at Boston College but um, the reason why I, w- I was able to um, get on Bayheim's Army's team is was through a good friend of mine uh, Eric Dievendorf uh, we we had a chance to play against each other a couple times in Europe and uh, we were able to form a form a, a friendship a, a basketball friendship and they were looking for a point guard in, in, in the summer to to uh, help them make a run in the tournament and um, I was one of the players that he reached out to and it, it, it was an honor.
1: And you obviously have the local roots, like you mentioned there. But, uh, you know, Syracuse fans don't really embrace many people who didn't play their college ball at Syracuse. But it seems like over the summer, they've really kind of uh, adopted you as one of their own. What's happened? like? You know, obviously, like we mentioned, Bayheim's Army has a huge fan base. You guys get the most votes uh, or, you know, you've been in the top two or three the last couple of years. So what's happened like to have kind of that fan base embrace you and kind of take you as one of their own?
2: Well, I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I grew up watching Syracuse basketball, uh guys like John Wallace and, and 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 all the all the great teams that they had at Syracuse. So I I was I was very familiar with the, with the program and um um uh, I I've, I've known about coach Behan for for years and and uh you know, he'll go down in in the um basketball Hall of Fame as you know, one of the great coaches and who, and contributors to, to the game. So it, it really meant a lot for, for the fans to, to, uh, um, accept me with open arms as a native, native New Yorker. And, and, um, of course I had to, uh, earn their, earn their support by, by holding my own on, on the court. But, um, they, they did welcome me with open arms and, and, um, made me feel actually like, I, like I attended Syracuse. So I appreciate that a whole lot.
1: Yeah. And you can see it again. If you go to a Bayheim's army game, what's it, what was it like getting ready in 2015? Uh, you know, these guys all kind of played with each other. You talked about Devendorf, Fakim, Warwick. Uh, you can go kind of up and down the list, but you kind of had to find your own chemistry with that guys. Was that kind of challenging at all or did it all just kind of come natural?
2: Oh, well, it all came, came, came in natural um you know basketball is a language of its own and it's a language that we all speak so um the the most important thing was the the little bit of time that we were able to spend before the tournament to to get our timing and, and our reads together but once once you know that, that only took about a couple of days and then after that you know um we were all clicking together.
1: Now, a lot of people, and a question that we like to ask people that we have on is, uh, you know, what their impressions were of TBT. You know, I think when people first hear about them, it might strike them a little bit. You know, what do you mean a two a $2 million tournament, ESPN, what do you mean? So when you kind of first got introduced to the topic, what were your initial thoughts? And now two years later, what are your impressions on uh, the tournament, how it's grown, you know, uh, the audience you get to play in front of and everything like that?
2: It's great um, because you know the only other thing going on in the summertime is the NBA summer league. So um, this is usually like the summertime is usually the off season for for guys playing in Europe, but it it gives us a great opportunity to play against some tough competition, uh, ex NBA players, college, college guys, and and European players. So it's a, it's a great it's a great pool of of basketball and i'm I'm sure the the fans enjoy it
1: absolutely and they've enjoyed watching beheim's army. Uh, as well, I, just out of curiosity, is there any team that you've played against or games you've watched that you've enjoyed watching in TBT? Uh, you actually mentioned that Todd O'Brien, Center for Overseas Elite, actually joined your team over in Latvia. He's a two-time TBT champion. So I'm sure you guys have talked about it, but has there any been, you know, been any teams that you've enjoyed watching other than beheim's Army? You know, we had, uh, Pedro's Posse with Mike Bibby and Jason Williams or other college alumni teams or just kind of anyone that, you know, in your two years you've enjoyed watching?
2: Well, the the majority of the time, um, we've, we've been, uh, in the Northeast region. So I, I've, I've primarily been watching the Northeast, East teams. Um, and it it was always great to, uh, play against, um, the Northeast region. Like, you know, the, the, we played, uh, last time against the the Pittsburgh uh, alumni and, and then, uh, city, city of gods previously. And, and, um, you know, I look forward to it. Uh, I, you know, in my opinion, I, th- I think the Northeast region is the, is the deepest deepest region, followed by uh, maybe the West and, and then, then the South. So um, I, I enjoy being in the region that we're in, and and I feel that it's, it's the most competitive.
1: Definitely, and you kind of mentioned there's something that I wanted to bring up: uh, the Pittsburgh game, and really, when you play any kind of rival that Syracuse had. Bring us to the locker room. You know, you're getting ready to play Pittsburgh. I know you didn't play for Syracuse, but, you know, BC um, in, in Pittsburgh, they've had their showdowns over the years. But uh, Syracuse-Pittsburgh is a really big college rivalry game. What's kind of what's it like in the locker room before you're going to play them in TBT? Is it that same kind of, you know, intensity and mentality that, you know, hey, we're going to play a rivalry game? Or what's it like in the locker room before playing a big-time opponent who uh, both teams have kind of had a lot of history with each other in the NCAA?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, every everybody was excited, you know, uh, especially because not not only was it was it a rival, it's just you know you have an opportunity to play high level basketball in the summertime. Um, so it it it, uh, it it felt it felt good, and it, and um, I'm sure it it brought brought back some memories for the for the Syracuse players as as long as as well as myself. One of the things that that's funny is. Um, it made it made me feel a little bit old though because <laughs> I last the last time I played against Pittsburgh they had uh Vontigo Cummings on their team <laughs> <laughs> so um but I, but I enjoyed it and then, and uh, of course the the um Syracuse alums enjoyed it and you know it, it every time you start start a game you know you get those butterflies like like always so it it's it's um it's great
1: what was the uh Syracuse training camp like for TBT? How far in advance did you guys go back to train and uh again what what was kind of the preparations like for TBT? How far in advance are you guys getting together and beginning kind of working on your game plan for the summer? I know obviously this year is a while away, but like last year what did you guys do? All
2: right. Well, last year um last year was a little bit difficult for us because um a couple players um had had, had some pro- problems with their visas and um they weren't able to to come to the, uh, training camp. And then, you know, we, we lost, uh, um, Demetrius and, and, uh, we, we weren't sure if a couple, couple other players were, were, were going to participate. So, uh, last year was a little bit difficult for us during, during the training camp. Cause we really weren't sure who was going to make it and, and, um, who was, was going to be available and who was going to participate. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully this year we'll, we'll be able to prepare a little bit more and a little bit sooner.
1: Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know it's late there. I don't want to, uh, keep you too much longer. Uh, I just, one thing, uh, you guys were one of the only teams to get a ringer. Um, and you brought in, uh, James Sutherland to Beheim's army. What, what kind of, what was that like? The kind of bringing in a guy midway through the tournament. Do you think it helped you? Did you like the concept? What was that like?
2: It, it definitely helped us because um, you know james is is one of those guys who who can play multiple positions and um you know i i think i think he was he was a little bit nervous because um you know he i'm sure he would have liked to have been there sooner to to get a better feel of the plays and and, and how how we've been when, been running things um I, i'm sure he would have been a lot more comfortable if he was with us the days before but um uh, he, he did a great job for us and um and uh hopefully uh we'll be able to have have him again I, i've been following him uh he's playing in d league and uh with the with the santa cruz warriors so i i've been following i've been following all the guys um and and in their careers uh ever since ever since the summer
1: yeah we actually have a lot of TBT people in the D-League right now, and he's certainly one of them. Uh, last question I have for you. Heading into the summer, what do you think on the court? What's one or two things, uh, Bayheim's Army needs to do to come away with the two million? You guys have been really close. A couple of games that uh, come down to the wire, one or two different bounces, and you guys, um, you know, you guys could have been the one playing overseas elite. So what just one or two things you think you guys need to do, uh, to come away with the two million this summer?
2: yeah i just i just think um we just we just need to be able to get together a little bit earlier um and 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 uh know which which guys are gonna participate earlier and then i i think it it it'd give us a little bit better chemistry going into the um the first couple of rounds
1: absolutely and uh you'll be able to catch that Bayheim's Army team this summer pending, uh, obviously, qualification. TBT, like we mentioned earlier, opens up April 1st. You can cast your vote on the tournament.com. Bayheim's Army will be, of course, be one of the teams vying for a spot. And it sounds like the Northeast region. Willie, uh, we really appreciate it. I know it's late in Latvia. We really appreciate you coming on. Uh, really interesting stuff there. And we look forward to seeing you this summer.
2: Oh, it was a pleasure to be here, and i uh, glad I could help out. All
0: right, that was great, Josh. That was great. I love, Willie Dean's awesome. That guy's the man.
1: I, I just love that story. Again, we saw it a little bit more last year, but just, I, I don't know, I just love when an alumni team just takes another guy And we saw with the VCU alumni team, Uh, a couple of others have done it, you know, a few good men did it with Justin Brell. I love when you get kind of one or two guys that they adopt. It just makes it great.
0: Well, I think it's fun also because sometimes teams just have a need. It could be that the guy that played that position is now playing in some, you know, it's like maybe in the NBA under a contract there or just can't make it or he's injured or whatever, or they just don't have a guy. And so, you know, you fit in a piece from outside of the, the alumni network, so to speak. And sometimes it makes all the difference in the world for those teams.
1: Exactly. And again, I mean, Willie Dean is kind of the perfect example of that. Just kind of like a shifty guard who, uh, you know, that Beheim's Army team is a little bit lengthier, longer. And he just added kind of like another component, you know, six foot one guard. He can move the ball well. So he's kind of exactly the epitome of what you were talking about. Uh, Epitome. Epitome. I always get it wrong. (laughs) Epitome, epitome, epitome. When you say that every time, it
0: sounds like that's, that's how it ought to be. And then I keep thinking that it's like a an epitome is like something that you say after something else, you know, like it's a closing remark or something. Like I, I don't right. know why. I keep hearing <laughs> that. Epitome, epitome, epitome. All right, all right. I so I, we, got, like, I know you've also uh, you got some updates from around the world too, uh, Josh. So uh, you want to
1: get to those. Yeah, a lot of good stuff going on. We, I feel like we have our up and our down weeks, but we've had a really good week overseas. Uh, how about Darius Johnson o- Odom from the Marquette alumni team? Despite his Golden Eagles suffering a tough loss to South Carolina, who actually just beat Duke last night in a big one, uh, in the NCAA tournament, the six foot two guard gave Marquette fans something to share about at least. And he's currently playing in Northern Italy for Vinoli Cremona, and he's the 55th overall pick in the twenty. Hmm. 20- 12 NBA draft. Well, he dropped 13 points and five rebounds. They had a tough loss to the top-ranked Armani Milano. They're kind of the superpower over in Italy, uh, that Armani team. But uh, after the starting the uh, the year, excuse me, in a, uh, for a rival team over in Italy, where he averaged 14.1 points per game, he's actually averaging close to 20 now, 19.8, and nearly five rebounds in his first five games with the new team. So Darius Johnson Odom, uh, one of my personal favorite players to watch in tbt playing well over in italy ronald Mordan from the liberty ballers uh again another guy playing very well over in italy we've had a bunch of them in tbt this year The six-foot point guard from siena has carved out a little bit of a niche for himself as a kind of a, a slashing guard who can get to the rim. He's currently averaging 10.8 points and 5.1 assists per game uh 4.2 rebounds as well for a, a team called the flex pistoa in Italy's top league, after bouncing around Europe for the first four years of his career, it is more second year in a row for in uh, what they call Bel País And do you know what that means? Bel País?
0: Uh, beautiful place. Beautiful, beautiful country. country. Beautiful That's
1: country. What
0: they call it. Um, uh, and, I will say this. Uh, heard a little bit about Donald Ronald Moore last week. A uh, little I little gonna behind gonna the be scenes stuff. He's going to be joining up with a new team this year.
1: Good to hear. I, and th- another guy who. Uh, I don't know if we did. Are we talking about a Siena alumni team? That'd
0: be mm, interesting. Not necessarily. Although back in 2014, they had a pretty good, pretty good makings of a Sienna alumni team. They had Rossiter, uh, Kenny Hasbrook. Um, they had obviously Ronald. Um, I think there was one, two or three other guys from Siena as well. But, uh, no, he's not going to be joining a Sienna alumni team, but there's something else in the works that's going to be pretty cool uh, featuring a, uh, I'll just say like a sort of longtime TBT co GM branching ah. off. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yep. Well, there we go. The the rumor mill's flowing. Well, most recently, Moore had 14 points and eight assists and, again, a setback. Uh, I, unfortunately, a lot of our guys played uh, – Had a uh, their team didn't win, but they had individual efforts. Unfortunately, just kind of the way it goes. Dan, fun fact, uh, you, re- you remember that Drexel alumni team, the Blue and Gold Club? Of course. Uh, yeah. yeah, big man, Darte Ruffin. Fun fact, he's actually from my hometown and played for my high school. I'm uh, kidding. Yeah, yeah, he played, I was still in middle school, so I wasn't there, but he was a big deal, uh, for the Stoughton Black Knights. Well, he's playing very well in, uh, Europe as well. Uh, he's actually playing over in Sweden, which is quickly becoming a great league. He actually tied a high across of all European teams grabbing 18 rebounds on Sunday for KMUN-Nastro Basket. And they actually came away with a win, 67-61 over Boris. He actually had 18 points in that game as well. So it was an 18-point, 18-rebound night. He was named one of Sweden's top performers of the week. He's averaging 14.3 points and 8.2 rebounds per game and has been playing his best basketball over the past couple of weeks. In his last uh, seven games, he's averaging 18.4 points and has pulled down 10 rebounds in six of those uh, seven games. Two more. One, Dan, coming up right now, I know is one of your favorite guys to watch in TBT, Scott Bamforth from New Mexico RH. Uh, and he has an interesting story. I didn't know if a lot of TBT fans knew it. So we always talk about on the podcast, Dan, how these guys jump around from country to country and kind of the grind of playing overseas. Well, he has had an interesting uh, kind of journey he hasn't jumped country to country. He's actually found a home for himself in uh Spain in and Liga which is one of the top leagues in international basketball. Uh so he's played 4 years in a row in Spain. Two of them for Baloncesto Sevilla. He's actually playing right now for a uh, a different squad who uh, his their name escaped me, right? Oh, build out Bilbo Bill basket. Bout. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, he's actually played all four years in Spain. He's averaging 14.5 points and three assists per game. He scored at least 10 points in eight straight games and 26 of 31. But another interesting fact about him, uh, the most famous Weber straight state grad, that's where he went. Weber state is Damian Lillard, the point guard for the Portland trailblazers. Right. And, uh, doing my research, Bamforth had, uh, kind of an interesting journey at Weber State he he walked on after a year, uh, I believe it was at a junior college or something. Uh, and he actually overtook Lillard for most three pointers made in a career with 259 and most in a single season in his senior year with 103. So he actually holds a couple of three point records over at Weber overtaking the NBA All Star. I know, Dan, too, he was one of your favorite guys to watch in just that a, West region. Just
0: a great player and really just plays hard. You know, you can see when he's on the court, he's kind of, I don't know, he's all over the place. Well, that's, that's great. He's had an awesome career overseas. You know, he'll he'll probably move up from Bilbao to some other team in Spain I would imagine
1: yeah and that's got to be good for him just kind of like knowing the country now being able to not have to like find your own bearings every every year yeah Uh, so good for him carving out a niche uh Dan I have a question for you before I get to the final one yeah uh what 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 do you think you know when you look at TBT and you look at you know skill and men and you know kind of all the factors that go into a good team where does kind of mental toughness rank for TBT
0: I think it's got to be number one don't you I mean, how do you succeed? How do you succeed in this if you're soft?
1: Well, we're going to get to that based on the performance of one of really the best players we've had in TBT, Dan, Xavier Silas. Get this. um, Like we said, mental toughness, huge in TBT situations. They can change in an instant. Leads can evaporate. Uh, You know, it might seem like you can't catch up to a team who's just ahead of you. Well, it seemed like that. On Sunday for Xavier Silas is playing in the D-League for the Phoenix Suns affiliate, the Northern Arizona Suns. So, Dan, they were trailing by as many as 24 points uh near the half, you know, near the uh, halftime mark. And they were down 16 after three quarters to the Sioux Falls Sky Force. So it seemed like it was over. Um But then Xavier Silas kind of really... Stepped it up. He willed his team to the comeback victory, dropping a career-high 37 points, 16 in the fourth quarter on 11-19 shooting from the field. He knocked down nine three-pointers in the wind, Dan. Wow. That's a career-high and one short of the D-League record. And they ended up, again, coming back and winning that game over the Sioux City uh, or the Sioux uh, fall sky force. He's averaging 15.3 per game, but a career night for Xavier Silas in the D-League. Again, not giving up on that game, dropping a career high and leading his team to the victory.
0: That's great. That's great. And Xavier's a very good guy too. That's that's really awesome that he's having that kind of success in the D-League for sure. Hopefully he'll get a call up soon. Um, Josh, just one thing I want people to keep their eye on, if you follow international basketball at all, uh, is the ACB. The team that's in the lead in that league right now is Iberostar Tenerife. Which, uh, some people may know is the team that Davin White has been playing on for the last couple of years. And this is a really sort of a small market team. They're on an island, one of the, you know, Canary Islands. And, uh, they're 18 and six right now and they're ahead of Barcelona and Real Madrid by two games each. Really impressive, um, that they're doing what they're doing right now. And it's not just, uh, Davin White from a TBT connection that is on that team. They've also got, um, guy who played for the Notre Dame, uh, alumni team in 2015, uh, Tim Evermitis is playing yeah. for that team as well. So that's a really interesting story. And if they can keep that up, that'd be, I don't, I don't want to put it quite in the same category as what, um, you know, happened in the, uh, Premier League last year with Leicester City, but it's really incredible when you look, especially at Spain, how many championships have been won between Real Madrid and Barcelona. And the fact that, you know, it's not just a, B- a Bero star, Tenerife. It's also Valencia are now, um, you know, both ahead of FC Barcelona and Real Madrid. Really impressive. And obviously, Davin White is playing a huge role in making that success happen. Well, Josh, we're like less than two weeks away from the launch of TBT 2017. On April 1st, the website's going to open up and teams can start creating their profiles. Fans can start voting for their teams and telling us who they want to see play. A couple little wrinkles that I'll drop in here now. Uh, For fans to know, this year you are going to be able to vote for four teams again, but you're not going to be able to use your second, third, and fourth votes until after June 1st. So what we want you to be able to do is actually vote for a team that is going to be in the event. Last year we looked at the numbers and we saw some, some people were using some votes on teams that ultimately didn't get a chance to play, and that's not really a lot of fun. So you'll be able to use your four votes after June 1st, second, third, and fourth votes uh, I would suggest doing it like almost right before the tournament actually starts. That way you'll know exactly who you're, you're basically voting on and, and who you might have a chance to win some money with. Um, as you may know, as a fan, hopefully, you know, as a fan, uh, 10% of that $2 million goes to the top 100 fans of the team that wins TBT. So it's an unbelievable opportunity. It's unique in all of sports. Uh, you know, we've talked to and interviewed, in fact, on previous podcasts, uh, winners of those uh, $20,000 top place finishing prizes, the money means a big deal. You know, it is a big deal. And so it's awesome that people can get a chance to do that. So be on the lookout for that April 1st, a lot of great stuff going on. You know, I'm hearing that there's a lot of teams that are thinking about forming a lot of teams that are definitely forming some great fan bases are going to be uh, playing in TBT this year. So it's going to be a lot of fun. If you're following us on social media, and if you're a social media type, which, Josh, you're huge on social media, right?
1: Big social media guy, uh, on it 24-7, Dan, always checking what's going on with everyone.
0: Do you ever get that little pain uh, in your thumb knuckle? Like your left thumb knuckle from scrolling up and down on your on your iPhone?
1: You know what? I can't say I have to. Oh, yet. Maybe my God. Use it more it's killing me.
0: me. <laughs> I mean, I... I got to stop it. I got to cut it out with the phone. It's like just the thumb <laughs> knuckle right there. It's like that one thing. And I can tell it's because I use it in my left hand, you know, and I'm like constantly scrolling down Twitter. Love Twitter. It's the best. But, great community Twitter. of friends. And they're all so nice to each other all the time, you know, which is really great. <laughs> Anyways, on social media, we are at the tournament on Twitter, which is, as you know, like just the friendliest place on the Internet. Uh, Facebook, we're the tournament on there Instagram, the.tournament Snapchat, the tournament And on Viber, we're the tournament there as well So look out for that one Viber's, I know Josh Brown's favorite uh, social network And you know, basically one of your favorite places to have a conversation, right?
1: Well, it's funny you say it, Dan I'm actually on Viber right now uh, On the tournament page So you definitely want to check that out Good community uh, And we're going to take over Viber, Dan Absolutely
0: Alright, that's next All right, well, Josh, this is great. Uh, We will see you next time on the TBT Podcast. Thanks again. We will. Thank you, Dan.